4: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Um, I didn't even look at the rundown. Uh, are we like, no, oh, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rock.
4: This is The Wally and Mathot Show. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Wally and Mathot Show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot. And if you're just joining us for the first time, we're on YouTube. We're on all the podcast networks, including, I just found out, Amazon Music. So you can give that a listen if you need to as well. Please like and subscribe our channel. We appreciate it. Uh, as always, Meth. I need to start with a big question for you. I know you said at the beginning of or at the end of last year you got the tree down right away and got it out the door the christmas tree i just took mine down like 2 days ago and the yeah. mess that it made to get it outside i just i oh, never dude. want to see a tree again no I... <laughs> like if i could take <laughs> it with all the ornaments lights everything i would be out the door with I it i know
3: it's it's crazy because we had a couple trees um you know they they weren't huge but my wife went on a tear this year. I don't know. She's short-circuited a little bit, I'm sure, and decided to get more than we needed. So I, you know, of course it's like January 2nd or whatever I think it was. And and Ellie's like, okay, it's time. Let's go. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, we're taking everything down right now. So it took about four and a half hours. But to your point, the trees with all the ornaments, like you wish you could just just chuck it outside and it's done with. But and you have to, chuck it. you have to take it. You uh, got to take everything down, put everything oh. away carefully, and it's like. But I will say this: no, and you're kind of like I am. You're a little OCD. It was freeing once. Once all the Christmas stuff was put away, all of a sudden we had more room everywhere in the home. It was just less cluttery. It made me feel good. So I mean, I, I and you know what? It's for
0: the kids, Wally. So that's yeah. what you're doing it for, right? I completely agree. There is one small thing I left out um my wife still kept up the artificial tree it's still up in the house
3: (laughs) yeah but the artificial trees listen I know it's bad for the environment and it's (laughs) people encouraged now to go to the tree farms and buy trees which by the way I used to do religiously every year uh but because of the pine needles and then you know the the threat of maybe not watering it it dries out and then yeah it turns into a mess it can create a fire just like that flammable thing that you had to your right for a little while. It's just not worth it anymore. So we've got our we've got our fake plastic trees. They're brutal for the environment, but they're going to be used every year. And then they're going to end up in a landfill when I'm dead.
0: You know what you can do? I saw this on the news, so it must be true. You can rent your tree.
3: <laughs> I, I saw this
0: on the news. Yes. So it must be true. <laughs> so, So that you can rent it and then take it back at the end somehow and they replant it. I don't understand how this completely works. It oh. makes no sense to me. Oh, a real tree. You can rent a, a real tree. tree. And it's like your tree. I, this It sounds like a poor no, marketing idea to me. You're cutting.
3: So are they Are they bringing in the roots and everything? I, like you're just planting this huge <laughs> planter in your house with a tree in it? It's like Disney
0: World <laughs> ride. Like I don't understand exactly. Yeah, but you can I don't. You can rent it. it. Anyway, that makes no sense. Yeah, um, no, we'll that's cool. On. It's cool. Uh, yep. It's a big show today, by the way. Um, as always, the one with thought show brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Uh, canada's online casino and sportsbook go to sportsinteraction.com slash volume get the most competitive odds one of the things i like to look at the it makes me i don't know it's entertaining if you will uh you can bet on the games you can do all that stuff but you can bet on whether or not guys will score goals or not like would you have ever i know you can't bet on yourself math when you're playing but would you have ever considered laughing if there was like odds on whether or not you were going to score that night would you be like tell your <laughs> like your brother's like man i bet on you to score Oh, and it would be a long shot. I, yeah yeah,
3: that was never available and I mean you'd be seeing a lot of Pete roses around the NHL if that was the case. <laughs> but but no I you know what it's it's cool, it's a cool feature. And yeah. that's a huge part of the success that the NFL gets, right? I mean, I think yeah. a lot of people obviously are fans, but to get people in there, all the fantasy stuff and and, and the, the online betting now that's available, I think we'll kind of you'll see a bit of a shift down and it improves your shift with the hockey
0: yeah it is, it is fun to watch like it is like i'm now cheering for guys like don't shoot the puck because i don't want you to score exactly don't <laughs> touch the puck so yeah anyway yeah. um yeah it's always good so go to sportsinteraction.com slash volume of thought you can start making those kinds of bets at canada's online casino and sportsbook. a uh, math big show coming up we got dave cameron of course he's the world junior head coach we're going to talk to him about all the stuff that happened out in edmonton and with the world juniors being canceled yep. or at least postponed jamie mclennan noodles is back on the show we call this episode 2.5 with noodles because he's He's kind of here. We're going to give him a gift. Uh, we like to pro- provide gifts every once in a while. So we're going to surprise him with a little gift and see how that goes. Uh, lots to talk about, yeah. but first as always, let's get to the headlines. Brought to you by Bonisher excavating Inc. Go to bonisherexcavating.com. Uh, they are helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Bonisherexcavating.com. If you're looking in the, in the Ottawa Valley in the spring to get your pavement, uh, your driveway redone, give them a shout. Now start booking that up. It is starting. The bookings are starting to come in. All right. Uh, Math, I don't know how you would do this as a player, and I know we're in the middle of COVID, so things are different. But between their Philadelphia game on December the 18th and their next game, which is this Saturday in Vancouver, they'll have played once in 20 days. Once, Matt. And I don't even know how, like, I don't know how you prepare for that because obviously games are canceled as they get going here. And the second of Mm. all, it should be no surprise that when they came back, they got pumped 6-0. I know the Leafs were off for a longer layover, but let's they were. let's look at the rosters, and there's no Josh Norris. You've put Matt Murray yeah. in that. You've taken out I, Thomas Shabbat, I think was out of that game as well. Like they were missing. Maybe he was in the game. Yeah, they were missing a but, ton but, of but, guys. Like the Leafs. Well, and it's not, and, go and ahead. the Sens are not in the same category right now. So this game you knew yeah. was not going to go well.
3: No, and well, yes and no. Because they do have a fairly good track record against Toronto. I mean, as far yes. as keeping the games relatively competitive, it's just one of those things where you get that with rivalries, right? But but you mentioned a bunch of the injuries and players missing. Um, you know, another one it w- was Heatherington. That's another guy that flies under the radar and everyone just kind of glosses over him and moves on to the next guy. And I'm not going to go on a rant here. I'm just saying those are guys that are very important to have in your lineup. And they're deterrents on the ice. They're physical guys. So they were missing a bunch. They were short staffed. We'll just put it that way, and that's understandable. But they also had five days
0: of practice
3: leading up to this game. Like it's not like they were just thrown back into the fire, right, Wally? Did, did, I understand. They not on
0: the ice? No, no. They, I I I think it's four, but maybe it's five. I can't. I know Matt Murray had four practices, and Philip Gustafson had two, which okay. is the only reason I know that. But that's why Murray basically got yeah. the start is because he had two more skates than Gustafson. I'm not sure that that's necessarily well, the right way to do that, but. Yeah.
3: well noodles noodles and I were going back and forth oddly enough during that game he was yeah. texting me and we were talking about uh, you know the play the, the guys were playing so poorly right and we were a little surprised yeah. with the way they came out and um, that was that was sort of the consensus between us when we were talking was that you know this team had five full days of practice and they still look pretty flat so that's always going to be a bit of, of an alarming thing but but you're right to their credit and you know and everything they're playing against Toronto a very good team. And they're, they're hurting between COVID and all the injuries that affects everything. Of course, they don't have a ton of depth to begin with. So they can't necessarily afford to be short man like that. But uh, I didn't like the game though, Wally, like I didn't, I didn't like their defensive structure. They were a bit of a mess uh, in the D zone. They didn't seem to be in sync at all. They weren't getting clean exits Um, and I know we're going to touch on Matt Murray later, but I didn't think he was terrible. I didn't think he was great. It was just another Matt Murray type game where he couldn't steal a win for the guys. And right. of course it goes deeper than that. But, uh, here's another opportunity now coming up. that could get back on the ice. Hopefully get a rebound game in here. Cause I mean, you can't continue playing the way they did against Toronto. That's going to have to change. I'm sure they're addressing it.
0: Uh, back to the Toronto game before I, we touch on Murray, and of course they're playing Vancouver, which is red hot as well. Is yep, yeah. There, you talked about the Heatherington, Heather, and we we dismissed this, and you've brought it up before, and we continue to kind of just skirt around it. You had Victor sure. Mette, Branstrom, and uh, Lassie Thompson in your lineup on the back end. You can't move anybody, Matt. There's no physical game, so when Austin Matthews no, is coming down the ice, nobody can move him out of the way. That's why they're getting so, manhandled. Their, their blue not, line yeah. is such a vast void in that lineup right now. And it gets overlooked because of all the yeah. COVID and injuries up front.
3: Right. And and the coaching staff knows that Pierre Dorian knows that, you know, these, these aren't secrets and, and, if you're a skilled guy, you mentioned Matthews. That's a great little example that you brought up where you're coming down the ice and you're And Forbes do this, by the way, like they, I know it because I played long enough and they would joke about it. I remember guys like Derek and Broussard and some of the other guys that we would talk about other teams lineups. And you'd look at their depth chart. You look at their decor. If there wasn't a whole lot of physical presence back there, Fords are licking their chops. I'm telling you right now, they want this. It's an easy game for them, right? Yes. You're not going to. You're not worried about getting taken out in the corner. It's not going to be that hard for you at net front if you choose to go and plant your butt right there in front of the goalie. Um, those are all little things, and I'm not suggesting. We've said this before, and I feel like I always have to kind of preface it with the fact that I'm not condoning having a bunch of meatheads on the back end, but to have some, you know, some some mobile size that does play with a little bit of physicality is is absolutely crucial. And I've said this a million times as well, Wally. Just look at the playoffs. Over the past, yes. you know, X amount of years. And you look at you look at the conference finals, even the Stanley Cup finals, of course, you're always gonna have at least two guys back there that have some size that can hit guys and move the puck relatively well. And they're lacking that now. They will address it. There's no question. But um, yeah, that's that's a huge hole right now in that lineup.
0: I just you, you can't play this game, especially on the blue line. And I know I was preaching to the choir here without being a physical type blue line. You just can't do it. Like it's a physical sport. Yeah they track hits for it's not just yeah and it's but it's not just laying guys out
3: it's you know when you have those bigger taller guys out there you've got and you've got range you've got longer sticks it's harder for forwards to get pucks around nets because you're you've got that reach you're rangy you're breaking up plays and it's not always going to be pretty right you know you're not going to get a pretty little exit from Dylan Hetherington every time he has the puck but he can break up plays almost kind of like a you know, he's, and he's also a cooler for his D partner, right? If you pair him with somebody that does move the puck relatively well, that's his role. And I, uh, I he's, he's, he's mostly been an AHL journeyman, but I I'm a huge fan of is I like the way he's brought a little bit of stability back there on that third pairing. So they need more of that. I'm sure that's something that they're going to attempt to address in the summer, depending on who's available, but uh, absolutely. It's an issue right now.
0: Yeah. It should have been addressed last year and they, and they yeah, they just no. didn't do it. I mean, I guess you bring it in. Josh well, it's Ryan hard to I guess. But I yeah, I just think there, I you can't have success unless you build from the back end. It's been proven. Well, and you gotta you gotta time to time you time.
3: gotta spend it. You, yeah, you're not gonna find some discount free agent out there who's in his 30s that can actually defend really well, skate very well, and happens yeah. to be fairly large. I right? feel <laughs> like you have to pay for these players. I know I'm stating the obvious, but but I feel like it doesn't get stated enough anymore. We just keep looking at the current lineup and the current six. And we're trying to figure out a combination that works with them when it's like, I think it's a little deeper than that. It's a personnel issue at this point.
0: Yeah. Like every time and I I guess we'll move on, but every time we go, Oh, JBD is going to move and He's going to be great in that lineup. And Lassie Thompson, the point, they're not ready to play in that lineup because they don't have the sufficient guys surrounding them. There's no cast support. And
3: and that, and I'm telling you right now, that's not going to work. Like JBD, Lassie, all those guys, I'm a huge fan of all of them but there's no threats there. Those aren't physical players. No. Like Thompson's not that big of a guy. I'm sorry. He's not like you need players that can do that kind of work out there. They're going to be good PK guys with long sticks, but that's going to come. And that's not me trying to shit all over the team right now. I'm just saying on the back end, oh, that's their absolutely game. crucial. Yeah. yeah
0: like, <clears throat> and, and that's I'm DJ's game. You're right. Yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, just a quick thought, they're going into Vancouver. So out of the frying pan into the fire, they're facing a Vancouver team. Yeah. A, that's been playing some games, but B, under Bruce, Bruce Boudreau, like they're, they're unstoppable. And Thatcher Demko now seems unbeatable. This is in, going yeah. into the West coast is another thing. They're, they're about to begin a four game road trip here, starting in Vancouver. This is a tough, tough game for them. No question.
3: Yeah. Yep. And, and this is, you mentioned Boudreau, like what a story, right? You go <laughs> in there and you're, you're basically undefeated. Um but that's usually what happens when there's a coaching change. And what? sorry, when it's warranted that there needs to be a coaching change and they address it, usually a team responds, right? You've got, you've got fresh blood back there. So all of a sudden, everyone's got something to prove again. Um, and that goes from, from Demko all the way up the lineup. And that's what's happening. So this is a game where I, I'm actually curious to see how Ottawa responds in this because you've got a team that, to me, isn't that deep in Vancouver, yet they're playing out of their minds at the moment. I still think they're due. They're due for a loss. Ottawa's been known to play that upset team. This could be a trap game for Vancouver, Wally. You never know. I so agree. we'll see how it plays out for them. But, uh, but you know, they don't have the first change. They're a little beat up right now. Shabbat's in protocol. I, I I don't know. Like, that's a guy that, like, he won't be there, right? So that's a player that eats up up to 30 minutes tonight. It's going to either expose some players or some players are going to have to step up and gain a little bit of opportunity and look at it in a positive way.
0: Uh, The one thing I do appreciate about Boudreaux and I think, I don't know, he, I don't know if he's an X's nose guy per se, but he has this way that he's, he just deals with players. Right. And they all seem to just, he came in, he's doing cameos. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's lighthearted. And you can see almost, you feel like the air kind of come back into the room of like, we can breathe again. It's a little lighthearted. So let's just go play. It's a huge difference. I don't know. It's like, I think Travis green's a pretty good hockey coach and I've never played for him. I couldn't tell you. Sure. But I, I, you just feel like that whole weight of the world has lifted because they've won a couple of games. I can't imagine the difference in that room or what it's like to come to the rink compared to what it was under the last few days with Travis green.
3: Yeah. He's a players coach Wally. And that's, that's what he does. He's not, well, I shouldn't say he's not an X's and O coach. All coaches in the NHL are X's and O's coaches, but he particularly is known for his communicating abilities behind the net, behind the bench, excuse me. And then um, just knows how to talk to the players and players, you know, from what I understand, I love playing for him. And this has been the case now for years. The only knock on Boudreaux has been his postseason successes, right. Or lack of yeah. um, with some of the good teams that he's had. So um, to me, I don't look at that as a negative, you know, that's going to happen where you have great teams that don't really always succeed in the playoffs. A lot of things happen, but certainly a really good regular season guy right now. And this is exactly what this team needed
0: in Vancouver. So good for them. I'm happy for them. Uh, Okay. But have you played for a coach? That's not an X's and O's guy. I I want to say Brian Murray, I was always told was never X's and O's kind of guy. He just let someone else run practice.
3: (laughs) I'm reluctant to like, I'm reluctant to throw a coach on the bus because am I implying that the guy doesn't know what he's doing by it's saying not he's that. not an
0: X's and O's guy? <laughs> it's just like uh, some people. You know what? Some people can read music but can't really play the instrument. Other players, well, you know what? other okay. people can pick up and so, just play and understand. So it.
3: like, yeah, like when so when I think of an X's and O's coach, I'll think of a guy like that I've played for. I'll, I'll think of Ken Hitchcock, for example, Guy yeah. Boucher. They're very detailed, uh, They're very ta- Very detail oriented. Yeah. Lots of video. Um, and you know, they're really just kind of driving those points home to you on a daily basis. Whereas, you know, I had guy like Scott O'Neill for a little bit in Columbus came in. He was really good kind of players coach, uh, ex-player type guy, knew, knew yeah. how to communicate with the players. Um, uh, who else would I, I'm trying to think of another, Oh, Paul McLean, almost to a degree as well. I'd say, I'd say Mac was kind of like that too. I mean, you know, obviously things didn't end up very good at the end there before he was yeah. let go because we were struggling. But, but when we were playing well under Paul McLean, he was a player's guy. He knew how to talk to you. He never really seemed to panic, right? He was good at absorbing a lot of uh, attention and, and kind of playing with the media a little bit. We saw that in the playoffs against Montreal. So um, that would be another good example of a guy that maybe isn't so much X's and O's, but a player's guy.
0: Uh, Dave Cameron, which side is he on? Cause he's coming up in our show.
3: That's a tough one. Cameron. Because cameras very intelligent. Uh, yeah. He's a very good communicator, but he's got more of that teacher in him. Exactly. You know, like well, he's, a, not necessarily, he's a trained teacher. Well, there, you, there you go. So he's not. That reinforces my point. He's not like a your buddy buddy, like gonna shoot the shit with you. Mind you, yeah. he would do that occasionally on a lighthearted practice day, but but he is very much a serious guy. Uh, very very smart and very well respected by the players. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, that makes complete. Yeah, because he went to school UPI. You got he, he was an educator, so that makes complete sense. There you go. Checks um, out. Finally, as we talk about in every show, I feel like, and I believe we now owe him royalties. We're going to talk about Matt Murray. Uh, he, it just, we can't get away from this story, and I thought I thought, yeah. Matt, it was unfair for him. I understand the National Hockey League is not about fair, it's about winning, so I, I preface it by saying that, but I thought it was unfair to call him up and put him in that game and expect to have him have success right away now may, does he no. need to steal a game absolutely i i no question but so he allows six goals 40 shots uh his save percentage was 883 on the season right now with a 367 goals against average he's zero and six I, I know he had two more practices and philip gustison i still think you give philip gustison that game and the next game they were supposed to play was like two nights later back in ottawa before they canceled it yeah I, was it minnesota that he should have got that game or whoever was coming, but I just felt like mm. I, that's a, that's a tough building to go in. You've got them. The Leafs are playing fairly well. They're going to be energized from not having played. I just, I didn't see very good things for Matt Murray going to happen in that game.
3: Right. Well, and you can only protect him so much Wally, right? Like you can't, uh, yeah,
0: I get it. You yeah. know,
3: they were, they were. And, and then I know, you know, that I know I'm stating the obvious, but uh, you know, I, I think before the break, you know, even before, or when he was sent down and then brought up, they were trying to time everything perfect, right? Okay, we're going to protect him a little bit more. We're going to make sure he gets his reps in, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But you got to remember, and I think most people need to remember, like he's a Stanley Cup champion. He's won. Like he, he's either going to do it now or not at all. Like you, there's no more grooming involved here. He's an established NHL goaltender. So uh, to suggest that, well – you know maybe they should have protected him more maybe maybe don't play him in the Toronto game i think is all horse shit i think at that point you have to expect to be able to play him he needs to do his job and i'm my my best one of my best friends uh is matt murray's agent i'm going away yeah. with him in a month like like i i've got every reason to protect matt murray right now and be very um you know careful here with these topics but i got to be truthful and i don't think he's he hasn't held it up and i know i think he knows that too it's a it's at a point now where You can only blame the team in front of them so much. Now, I will say this. The Toronto game, I thought the team played very poorly in front of them, you know, more so than even in the past. There was no help. I thought that they were out of sync completely in the D zone. Um, And and it created a lot of of activity around net front for them. And some of them were not, you know, necessarily his fault. So I'm just sick of being an apologist. I think I'm at a point now with this group where Christmas break is behind us. You've been here for a year and a half. I know there's been a lot of disruptions, but it's time to play. It's time to go. And this team is desperate for some consistency
0: between the pipes. So a couple of things. One is you can tell he doesn't have any confidence. I thought just there's that. I know. The two-on-one with Thomas Chabot and they, I forget who scores it. Is it Nylander or Justin Hall or whatever? The pass comes across. You can tell he's going to pass the whole way. And Murray just kind of lunges towards it. You can just see that he's just guessing. He's just hoping. The puck kind of hits him, or yeah. at least it seems that way. And so I just feel like if you're you're going in there without any confidence, it's going to be tough to win a National Hockey League game. These are the best players in the world. So on there's one note. The other one was I, I get that he's supposed to be better, but if you don't f- feel that way in net, it's an off, it's an you're exposed. You don't have anybody, you can you can have a bad shift as a third pairing D or a first line forward. That doesn't matter. Tim Stutzler got moved off the top line because he, the matchup with Austin Matthews wasn't very good. You can't, yeah. you're exposed as a goalie, and that's a bit of an. I just, yeah, I sure. find that that yeah. like, whether it's but he fair or not, confidence. that's what you signed up for, and you get paid six million dollars because of it. But exactly. the, you can tell the players are also tentative playing with him in net, though, and that's yeah, a, there's no confidence.
3: Yeah. And that's going to be the issue moving forward. I know uh, we don't need to keep beating on this, but other than what you just said, uh, I mean, I I really like the ending there where the group it resonates with the group, right? I mean, if you're not playing very well, you get a shaky group in front of you. That's not very confident in your ability to help them win the game. And that's very normal. It's a normal psychological thing with hockey players because you've got a goalie right there behind you with a ton of responsibility on his shoulders. He's got to be your best player in order for you to win most nights and it's just not happening right now. So now you can see it. You can see like look at the way the group's playing. Does Matt Murray even have a win yet with this group?
0: No, he's Does he always, have a win yet this oh, year. Last year. So, no, he's he's 0-6 this year and seven. That's starts.
3: what I mean. This season, right? And he's barely yeah. played. So, you know, th- that's another thing. It's like he's got no reps, there's no consistency right no. now in, in the in the in the in the scheduling. So, yes, these are all excuses to a degree. They're pretty valid. But at the end of the day, I just want to see him break this goose egg. Just get out there, get. Get your first win and hopefully build off of that. Other than Otherwise, I mean, I'm not a goalie expert, Wally. I, I don't know what the right answer is.
0: Well, I mean, let's just flip this and go to Edmonton right now and Miko Koskinen. It feels like it's almost the same thing. While he's the backup, he's making $4.5 million a year to be the backup. It was a terrible deal when it got signed, no question. Right. right. So then but Dave Tippett calls him out. So we haven't heard DJ. That. I don't think DJ's really called out. Uh, Matt Murray. Kind of as much? did he not a little did bit. he not
3: before Murray went down? I thought he said Maybe, a couple things. That's right. That they needed
0: subtle. they needed some saves. They needed some wins. I think he's right. And so yeah. So they send him down. Fair enough. But Miko Koskin, after Dave Tippett calls him out and says we need a better game, which is fair. I, I think there needs so, to be more of this, but Koskinen yeah. replies. So we have go ahead. Go ahead.
3: No, no. I was just going to say, before you continue, Dave yeah. Tippett did try clearing those comments up afterwards, right? Like he mentioned yes. that it was taken out of context. Anyway, I didn't
0: mean to interrupt. Keep going. Yeah. I, it, it is. And it isn't, it isn't because he's actually honest in what his assessment is and that he needed to make stops. Like they're in a free fall. Sure. They're like Ottawa. They need to get goaltending. They need someone to steal a game. So mm-hmm. uh, costing him replies. It's not nice being thrown under the bus, I have to be better at the same time we have scored seven goals in my six losses I can't score goals. exactly so yeah. uh, if you hear that as a player as a guy that's somewhat paid to score goals I don't mean that facetiously you just you know what I mean is are you guys yeah. taking that to heart like are you now going well thanks for throwing us under the bus
3: no, no, you yeah. know what, if anything, at that point, especially if I'm a veteran on the team, um, on a good team that had that has very high expectations like the Edmonton Oilers have, yeah. um, I'd be more concerned about just the dynamic all of a sudden. I'd try to, I would want everybody to try to cool it down, clear things up the way they're I think that I think Tippett kind of did that a little bit by retracting his comments to yeah. a degree. Um, because you know, you don't want any animosity in that group, right? It's a huge distraction, it affects the dynamic of the team. And now those things are pretty normal when you're on a bottom feeder, but when you're playing for the Edmonton Oilers and you have two the literally the one and two top scorers in the NHL <laughs> on the, on, on said team, you mm. can't afford this nonsense. So, um, you know, for me, when I look at this situation, all I'm thinking is hopefully Connor McDavid can step in, have a group meeting, clear the air with the whole group, make sure that everyone's on the same page and then just move forward. Cause they do not need these
0: distractions right now. Well, they're 37 games in, they lost, uh, again last night in uh, yeah. 34 games and they lost last night again in Toronto. They only scored two goals. They are in jeopardy yeah. of missing. I know there's lots of track left, but...
3: Well, they're not getting any depth scoring, Wally. That's what's are happening. They gonna, like, are they, they going to make the they have, playoffs, they
0: have, they have like, Matt? Do they go from oh. being Canada's hopeful to win a Stanley Cup to not making well. the playoffs?
3: They start, oh, they start nine, oh, and one or whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, this group's for real. Like this is a sick team <laughs> and they're finally there. Right. And now I'm like, and and I know I, I can almost feel the, the tension that's happening there because I yes. know what that's like, where you, you you go on a heater for a little while and then you hit a rut and it feels like you can't get out of it. And now all of a sudden some injuries happen. All of a sudden, you know, uh, Mike Smith gets hurt and he's like, you know, he's 39 years old, but, he's your goalie. And when he's healthy, he's been very good over the last two seasons. Right. Yep. So now you look at this and you're thinking, Oh boy, how do we get out of this? And if you don't have something consistent between the pipes behind you, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the group is thinking, but it can't be fun. So, like I said, I think this is just exposing this team even more. So like, you know, we, we were always talking about how they're a one, two punch with, you know, McDavid and dry and after that, there's a huge drop off, and we're starting to see that get exposed again. I know Hyman yep. came in; he was a really pleasant surprise initially. But I think I love the team. Like you look at the you look at the group on paper, and they look good in theory. They should be a great team. I don't like it. This is just the way that it. Th- this is just the way the league works, right? Now look at Pittsburgh; they're on a nine game winning streak. I never would have thought that would have been the case with them. So the NHL and the parity that's there it makes it such an unpredictable league, and the margin for error is so small, right? Like one oh. little nick in your lineup. And it can you can you can be on a downward spiral for three weeks so uh, th- that, that's a team to look out for
0: so you brought up Pittsburgh at the beginning of the year until November the 16th it was like uh, 15 games into the year they went five six and four and they were 25th yeah. overall in the league since then yeah. they are 14 two and one an 853 rip through the league they're they, that is obviously best in the league at the time. And now they've moved yeah. up to where they're in the first wild card spot. But if ironically, it shows you how quickly you can dig a hole. They're still fourth 100%. in their division. Like, so yeah. it's it's so tough once you get off to a bad start to start digging your way out of that. Um yeah. is, Pitt, like, is Pittsburgh legit or so like is it yeah. in Mirrors? that you know what the problem no, is, no, with no, they're... they never have these great stars, but they have guys who can always play, like Brian Rust and Jake Gensel, who are never household well, names. Um, but they so they had brings. a bunch of injuries. Yeah, they had a. Few, you're right, Wally, and
3: they had a bunch of injuries for a while, which is why they were hurting, right? And Crosby um, Malkin, and then we're so out. and Ma- so Malkin is still out. He's coming back though. Brian Rust was out. He just yep. came back. Look at Brian Rust. He had what two goals? Uh, what was it? Two goals, I think, and an assist last night. So um, you know, th- these are just players that have seemed to really create really good identities for themselves on this team, and all this comes from Sid, Sid and Malkin, but mainly yes. Sid, right? Like he's. He's the kind of guy that changes the culture in a team. You hear about his skating habits in the summertime when he's out there out East uh, with McKinnon and and company, how they practice, how they approach the game on a day-to-day basis. When, when that player a hall of famer is your captain, it's contagious and it trickles down throughout the whole lineup. And so they've, they've created this really, really cool dynamic where you've had these players, you mentioned Gensel, another guy where I don't know if they see that same success that they've been getting if they ended up growing up on another hockey team, but the, because right. they've been under since tutelage, if you will, they've been, they've been excellent. So it, it's, it's really cool thing to watch.
0: Like, I know we're not allowed to bring up Chris Kunitz's name, but he got Chris Kunitz on the Olympic team for crying out loud. Uh, look, Pascal Dupuis and, and yeah. Patrick Hornquist became household names or because they're playing on his line. He just makes everybody yeah. better. And it, he's never 100%. had, a great all-star on his line, except for when they put Malkin and him together, right? Like Yeah, never, when they throw him up there, yeah. But he just makes everybody better. It's amazing to me. Well, that's why when, when people...
3: And that's why when people throw out those, those, those uh, infamous questions like, you know, would you rather build a team around Ovechkin yeah. or Sidney Crosby? You ask any player, any NHL player, they'll always tell you the same thing. It's Sidney Crosby. I mean, and, and sure. I don't like comparing the two because they're both... Unbelievable ambassadors of the game, but that's Sidney Crosby, what he brings to the table. It's not just his production, it's his leadership and it's his ability to make everybody around him that much better.
0: I mean, look at Drake Batherson. Drake, I, I mean, we make a big deal about him skating with those guys in the summer, but when D- Drake Batherson is going, man when I show up to play three on three, and Sidney Crosby's going, Are you ready to play today? You know you are in it, right? You've got I to love be ready that. to play.
3: And I, I'm envious, you know, like I look back now and if there's, there's some things I could change, like that's one of them, like the intensity in the summer skates. I mean, I, I always approached it that way. I was always very competitive in those skates, but you got to understand as a player, there's always other guys that you think you're working harder than that are working that much harder than you are. And that's the difference between the elite players and the guys that are, you know, bubble, or maybe just trying to get established at the NHL level. It's the commitment that these players have. It's, it's, and it's contagious. Like I'm hearing these stories right now and I just want to go do a workout or something. Like it motivates me. You know what I mean? And that's that's the effect that those players have on everybody else. It's those days where you go to the rink, you're exhausted, you played the night before, you're kind of in a shitty mood, right? But then you got a guy like Crosby or another player that goes, okay, let's go. Let's get out there for a little skate. We're going to go really hard for 20 minutes. Then we're going to get off. Those are the guys that kind of drag you along. Brady Kachuk has shades of that too.
0: Yeah. What if Adam Foote said, we got to be ready to play today. Are you, are you gearing enough yeah. to play, right? Oh really? yeah. Footer yeah, was it. like that. Yeah. In a,
3: I've, told, I've told a million Adam foot stories and I didn't get to play with him that much. I was mostly around him in training camp and when I was called up occasionally. And um, yeah, another great example of a real leader, you know, like wasn't shy to speak up, uh, wasn't shy to tell the coach when he thought the coach was making a mistake with something. Uh, just those, those are the guys that when you're finished your career, you remember those players specifically because they've had a real significant impact on your play
0: uh fair enough good stuff today uh don't go anywhere we're coming up after the break dave cameron your former head coach stops by for the second time uh of course he just coached canada's world junior team uh in edmonton we'll talk to him about that we'll ask his thoughts on ridley greg he's ottawa's draft pick and of course tyler boucher who's now joining the ottawa 67s we'll get his thought on that Mm -hmm. as well and he's got some great stuff about mason mctavish the carp fellow from well, we'll call him from Ottawa in case you're outside of the <laughs> Ottawa area. Uh, and of course, noodles 2.5. Um, we give him a gift. He tells us another story. It's like an exchange. So all that brought mm. to you by uh, a cool, refreshing taste of whitewater beer. Uh, go pour a Legion lager or a farmer's daughter or any of those and enjoy the show. Uh, remember, we take care of our listeners and viewers. Go sh- go to shopwhitewater.ca. Use the coupon code 15% off. Whitewater. Brewed by friends for friends. We'll be right back after this. All right. Welcome back to the show and time now to bring in uh, one of my all time favorite head coaches, uh, Dave Cameron. But before we get to Cameron, who also uh, Matthew played for, uh, we got some notes to tell you about pearls of wisdom brought to you by sportsinteraction.com sportsinteraction.com slash volume of thought. Here we go. 36. That's the number of seasons of coaching experience for Dave Cameron. 11 different teams coached in seven leagues in three different countries. Five medals One as a Team Canada coach. That's three gold and two silver. It should have been a fourth goal, but we'll get to that in a minute. And 12. He's one of 12 players from PEI to have played at least 100 games in the National Hockey League. Welcome to the show. The head coach of the Ottawa 67s, Dave Cameron. Good to see you, sir.
1: That made me sound old. No.
0: <laughs> you're still Boy, young. Stead old. Stead old. Let's use the experience. You're full of experience. That's why we want to talk to you.
1: <laughs> yes, I am.
0: Last time we had you on, math was unavailable. So now you guys get to have a chat about what it was like to try and coach Mark Mathot. But we can get to that in a minute. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> let's avoid
1: that. <laughs> Is the it was easy?
0: Oh, all right. So you just let someone else handle? Is what you're trying to tell me?
1: <laughs> well, no. As a coach's, what makes it easy on a coach or a coach's dream. When you coach guys, is when you put them on the ice, you know what you're getting.
2: Hmm.
1: And that's that's what that's what math was. You put them on the ice, you, you knew, you knew exactly what you're getting. So for the most part, the game is consistent. And when you have consistency in your game, uh, that breeds success. What did and you get math, from Mark Mathot then? Old time <laughs> hockey, I call it. Some people, <laughs> some people, but Physicality, simplicity, um, predictability, and so, uh, you know, a couple of highlights, a couple of, he was, he was obviously a real good compliment to Carl because Carl, Carl was the run and gun dynamic type of player. And for those guys to succeed, they always need somebody to, uh, to stay at home and cover it up and, and get them the puck. And today's today's athlete, a lot of times, think the the flash and dash is the way to go because all they do is watch highlights, right? Well, there's only very few flash and dash guys that make their career strictly on flash and dash. The other guys have to have some semblance of old time hockey, and um, simple simple is good. Less is more a lot of times, mm. uh, and uh, every every team every team that's successful and goes deep into the playoffs it goes to the playoffs year after year, for the most part, they have a lot of those simple players.
0: So, Meth would like me to get off this topic as soon as I can, but I got one more question about him. And that is, he's known to be a little ornery to be around. I'm curious of what he was
1: like for you to be around. <laughs> well, you, it's funny. Describe ornery. Cranky. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: Well, okay, well, cranky. Okay, well, fair enough. Cra- cranky, cranky is what the non-hockey people use to describe <laughs> their cohorts of work. Competitive is what coaches <laughs> use to describe cranky hockey players.
3: Camera's being really good right now to me, and I yeah. appreciate that. Dude. Yeah, thank yeah, you very true. much, Coach.
1: Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Okay. You earned just, it.
0: I'm trying to find just. I just want that nugget. I just give me something, Cam, Anything, yeah. Well, let's all, move forward.
1: <laughs> there were, there were, and that's that's all part of part of the good thing about coaching method is that there were there were no nuggets there you go
0: fine we'll move on uh and that yeah, is what, I I want to talk about world juniors um and obviously yes. the disappointment like i know it would probably take you 3 days to try and explain how this all went down in a short period of time but can you sum up what it was like from being in quarantine to try and put a team on the ice to worrying about COVID. Like what was this like as a head coach? Or did you just go, I'm just going to coach whoever I got and let everybody else deal with that stuff.
1: Yeah, it it was, you you knew, you knew when you work with hockey, Canada, the the best thing about that is that you just coach. They they handle everything else. Like, you know, all the T's across and the I's are dotted. And, but you knew that, because this has been going on for for two plus years, you knew how volatile the situation could be and how quick it could change. And so that's in the back of your mind, but you just go about your business day to day and then you just hope that when you get as far as the actual tournament and games actually started, uh, you know, you you were saying, okay, so far, so good. Uh, But then your antennas really went up uh, when the first game was canceled. Uh, we were really vulnerable from a point of view that one, one case uh, per team meant that uh, the team wasn't able to play and perform. And when you're trying to get X amount of games in, once uh, you start missing games, there's just no time or schedule uh, to, to, to reschedule. them. And it became to the point where uh, the health and safety of everybody was the first concern, and so it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, for health and welfare of the players and for the integrity of the tournament. Uh,
0: I'm going to skip ahead. Do you think you're going to get a a tournament in at some point? Like, do you feel that you're going to have a chance here to try and finish this tournament out?
1: Well, I, I, I believe that everything is going to be done possible to make it happen. But as you know, as you know, with what we're dealing with and the number of X factors and all that, uh, there's no guarantees, but I honestly believe there's going to be a full effort uh, to complete this tournament.
0: So, uh, obviously disappointed, i, I got to assume that you get a chance to be the head coach again of this national junior team, and what an honour it is. Uh, what was it like, I guess, for you to take to the ice for that first game, or did it just feel like coaching another game?
1: No, I, it was it was quite a ride, because if you if you want to go back to the start, um, you know, we're getting into mid mid to the third week in July. And I was I was all ready to go back to to Austria, to Vienna, and that uh, was excited, was settled in there. It would have been my fourth year back. And within the course of three or four days, I went from not going back to Vienna to head coach of the Ottawa 67s to the head coach of uh, Canada's World Junior team this year. And, you know, no place to live, uh, knew nothing about either team. I had to get to Ottawa. I had to get through a training camp. um, Had to make sure that uh, the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted as a new coach coming in. Uh, here at Ottawa, and at the same time with a hand and an eye, looking out to what was going on with the World Juniors, meeting every week with Zoom calls and trying to keep up the speed with how that was going. And so uh, it was quite a whirlwind through training camp uh, until such time that uh, we enrolled, or I went to Calgary and the team was in the final selection process. And then when it was all said and done, uh, it was just a real um, – a sigh of relief to finally, okay, this is the team. Uh, I knew Ottawa was in good hands when I left uh, with Norm and Mattan, uh, And so it just was, was all excited, was relaxed and uh, raring to go when that final selection was made. And uh, yeah, then you know, you're going, you're full board. You know, we're sitting in the coach's room. Uh, we're getting ready for a game against Germany. And, uh, you know, the phone call come just before noon and, and Scotty Salmon was on the call so we could hear what was being said. And it's just boom. Uh, even though you weren't totally shocked by it, it's just like you're going 100 miles an hour and then bang, you hit the wall, you, you stop. And then um, then on the flight the next morning, I was on the bus at 3.30 the next morning to catch a six o'clock flight. I uh, get in Ottawa at six o'clock, I was on the bus the next day, went to North Bay. And uh, so now, uh, now reality set in. The last couple of days been been re- it's really hit home, and uh, you know, kind of really drains your energy at of you. And just kind of the reality sets in, and the disappointment uh, is magnified. But um, being experienced, and, and that you know everything in the past passes. And so uh, energized this week, and uh, looking to get the sixty-seven team here rolling again.
3: Yeah, and and Cameron, just one quick note back on the on the World Junior situation. So when the announcement was made, the first thing I could think of was like all these players now that are not going to get another opportunity to head back there, particularly guys that were playing for Germany and Austria. Some of these other players. I mean, I guess at that point, what do you tell the players when you hear that news? What's what's the what's the message that's sent across
1: to these young men? Well, you know, we we had a so so when we got the message at twelve o'clock. Uh, at the rink, the, the players had gone back to the hotel and they were in the process of getting the pregame meal because the five o'clock game and some of them were oh. sleeping. So we wanted to make sure that that they heard it from us. And so we put things in place. We called a, a one o'clock meeting. So I'm sure at that point, as you know, everything gets leaked. I'm sure the players knew what was up. Yeah. And but we didn't want to we didn't want to tell the players until it became official. Uh hockey Canada wanted to protect it protect their integrity in terms of delivering the message. But um, so we got them all in the room and, you know, we just talked. And and I think it was at that point where you really realized um, the importance of this tournament to them. I mean, I think you always knew it now, but to see the reaction and to see the tears oh, and boy. to see the total bewilderment in their face and really uh, Matt, at that point, um, there's nothing you can say other than that you shared their disappointment and and uh, you realize that the group in that room uh, is the elite of the elite, and you know the bulk of them are going to have long, long, long pro careers. And so uh, you just tell them that uh, you know it's it's that's what life is. It's going to it kicks you in the ass uh, every once in a while, and that's what it is. But uh, you know you made the team. We were up and rolling. Nothing you can do about it, and uh, uh, you will feel a certain. A bit of accomplishment even though we didn't finish the tournament when you realized that you made the team and it was it was a best of best tournament and we were holding our own
3: no fair point I uh I'm with you on that that's got to be very difficult I I guess to try to lighten it up were there any other players in that group in that short time that you spent with the with the guys were there any standouts to you I know you don't want to single out any players I'm sure you but know, were there any guys in particular that really kind of impressed you and surprised you
1: yeah. You know, it's, it's the good, the good thing about it too, is that, is that other than their hockey skills, because, because watching and scouting them, you get a pretty good idea. And for them even to be on the, on the, on the invitee uh, roster, you know, that their skills set is real yeah. good, but then when you get in and the good thing about coaching hockey and, and your team is that you really, really get to know them because you're with them every day, right? It's that's the thing about hockey. You're with them every day. So, was with this group uh, for three plus weeks every day, and so you get to see some of the some of the characters and some of the traits. And I mean, you got you got Owen Power, the first overall pick, uh, you know, who won a world championship uh, in the spring in Latvia. Yep. And just just uh, I was really intrigued and wanted to meet him just simply because here was a guy that um, you know put the NHL on hold. And there's not many guys put the nhl on hold first overall pick you know you're instant millionaire and stuff like that but uh he wanted to do it because he knew it was best for his career he wanted to go back to michigan with a chance to win a championship and he wanted to come uh to the world juniors and have a chance to represent canada there And, and so just a calm influence elite elite player a really high panic threshold and he just gets the puck he doesn't panic and Ironically, he told me a lot of his poise in hockey came from because he was a real elite uh, box lacrosse player.
3: Oh, no way. So taught, okay. Yeah, I taught
1: him how to, how, to, how to evade checks and, and roll off checks and, and things like that. So, at him, and, and they had Cole Perfetti, uh, who was in the American Hockey League and played some games in Winnipeg, but uh, he was on my list of phone to let him know that he made the team uh, even before we went to Calgary. And It just was a reminder. He was that excited uh, to get to play in the World Juniors again. Again, he won the World Championship in the spring with Team Canada. Uh, But just drove home how much that this tournament means to these guys and how passionate these guys were. And and Caden Goulier captain is just, he's like Jonathan Jonathan Tays. He's just captain serious, Uh, but just loves the (laughs) game inside out. But I would say of all those guys, those are real pros. But the the guy I liked best from old school and character was Mason McTavish. (laughs) And this guy is just all hockey. He's just a hockey player. Everything he does, when you look at him, uh, whether it's in the dressing room, whether it's in the training room, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's in the ice was in a meeting, this guy is just hockey player written all over him. And he was just all in. And, um, Great personality, uh, honest as the day is long. I, I don't think that kid could lie to you. Because you, you ask him a question, he just tells you right out. So one awesome. of the things, one of the things, just to give you an idea, one of the things that we were talking about was puck possession and managing the puck. And so in order to give them an idea of what I was talking about, the, my, I used the lyrics to the Kenny Rogers song, The Gambler. You got nowhere to hold them when to fold them. <laughs> So after I did my little speech on that, I said to Mason, "I said, you know who Kenny Rogers is without missing a beat." Says no. Nope. <laughs> so he's as long. He's as honest as the day is long.
3: Yeah, never Maybe mind trying own. to appease the coach in his story. He just flat oh, yeah. out told
0: you no.
1: <laughs> right away.
0: You might want to yeah. update awesome. your music list. Yeah, just at least to the two thousand.
1: Well, I tell him I walk in. I walk in the room and. Uh, and I don't know if it's rap or what the heck is going on, but the the <laughs> lyrics and that just just. And my mother heard it; she just she just be mortified. <laughs> but I always tell them, I said, "You guys know there's a fine line between music and noise." So uh, <laughs> I,
3: I agree. I'm so I got
1: throw away, I go throw in my country tunes, and every once in a while, you get a guy that that runs the country tune, so it's good.
0: Yeah, good, <laughs> good. Math likes a lot of noise. Um. Was Connor Bedard a serious question mark for this team? Now that you look, can you just honestly tell me that he was just going to make the team already? He scored four goals in the last game.
1: No, it, no, but it, but you have to remember, it's not it, it's not an all star team, and so so when you have a player of exceptional status like that, uh, you know you you, you have you have to be careful too that you don't put him in the wrong situation.
0: Sure.
1: I mean, you you look you look back over you look back over the history of all those exceptional players that come in young. Uh, they they didn't dominate. Agreed. You know they 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 yeah. they just kind of came in and got their feet wet, and because there's there's a huge difference between a 16, 19 year old in terms of physicality and that. Um, so you you know his you know his skill set, but at the same time the same time you know. Uh, you can't cut another good player just because there's an exceptional kid in the mix. So he earned it. Make no bones about that. He, he, he earned it and he came in and we moved him around the lineup. Uh, you know, and he, he, he was, he was very good. The thing I liked best about him was how coachable he was. Hmm. Uh, you would tell him something was So I, I give him a little, I give him a little rub after the youth sport games there where he scored and they were asking about him and I said the only complaint I had was his shift length. And Good. I told, I had told them that on the bench too. right? that rest of the tournament, not an issue. Good. Right. And so the other thing about exceptional players is that obviously they're exceptional from the offensive side of the game, which you can't teach. So I, I just tell them, I said, Hey, you don't need me in the ozone, but I, I want to, I want your, your play away from the puck to mature a little bit. Mm. Uh, I said, because as exceptional as you are with the puck, you have to have a, have a certain amount of, uh, defensive responsibility. If you're going to move up the ladder and, and play big minutes and you're, you're never going to be your best defensive player. Nobody would ever put those restrictions on them. But at the same time, those elite guys, they, they, they want to, they want to be elite players, not just elite offensive players. And so, um, so very coachable. Yeah. Uh listened, uh, took the advice and, and worked hard at it. So uh, full marks for him coming in and being one of those 16 year olds that didn't just make the make the team contributed uh, pretty impressively offensively. That's good. Here's
0: fun to watch. Uh there is an Ottawa Senator pick on that team, Ridley Gregg, who's been known to be play with an edge. So what was like your first conversation with with Ridley Greg?
1: Well, my, my first conversation with, is with all of them was, was the play, play to who you are, you know, play, play to who you are. But then the coaches in the Western league says, well, you, you know, you just have to be careful because, uh, he can't cross the line, you know, and the small tournament, small tournament you can't cross the line because there's only X amount of, of, of really important games in that. And so, uh, he he was he was part of uh, a group uh, that we wanted to be uh, played with an identity that we're going to be hard to play against tenacious on the forecheck some physicality uh, at the same time make the right play and uh, certainly I can see why uh, Ottawa's excited about him.
0: So, how would you assess his game?
1: Uh, I I see I see him. Uh, as a responsible 200 foot player who can, who can still, you know, make contribute offensively. He's not, he's not just a shutdown guy by, by any means. Uh, He's a 200 foot player that uh, I think fits right into that, that group that uh, they have that up and coming group that uh, seem to be able to play on both sides of the puck.
0: (laughs) Now you coached uh, the 2011 world junior team in Buffalo and now this team. I, what is it about the Russians that you drive them so crazy that they act out after the tournament?
1: Well, I think that's just in my DNA. You know, <laughs> I think since I'm guessing, I'm guessing that they, they, uh, they celebrated 2011. And then uh, I was part of that world championship team in uh, 2016 and won gold in Moscow and, Putin had to present us with the gold medal. So they're probably a little vengeful this edition of the team. So I think it kind of went both, both ways,
0: man. Yeah. They got a little excited. Um, You now just recently as, as of Wednesday, uh, Tyler Boucher arrived in Ottawa. Uh, He's going to join your team. Obviously he's the first round pick of the Ottawa senators, 10th overall. What do you know about Tyler? And I guess, are you excited to see him eventually in the lineup here?
1: Yes. Uh, again, a, a player I haven't seen a person in terms of, of, uh, actually watching him live, but certainly did some, uh, uh video, uh, scouting on stuff but that I think is exactly what our team needs. Uh, we're, we're a relatively young team. Uh, so the young guys, the young guys are, are, are not overly big. I mean, they're, they're, they're. Like most 16 and 17 year olds, are still growing stuff like that. So uh, we need a little bit of meat and potatoes in our lineup, and uh, that's exactly what what we're getting here uh, in in Tyler. And so uh, see him coming in here. Uh, I think he's in Ottawa now. I haven't seen him yet, and uh, but he's gonna he's gonna be a big part of our team moving forward here, and, and understanding that uh, you know his his game's still developing. Uh, but, but from what I gather, uh, he, he's a bit like meth in that he knows what he is. So you don't have to convince him that he has to play a certain style. Uh, you just have to work with him and, and uh, teach him and get him better playing that style and, uh, and working on some of the other things that uh, uh, that's going to help him be a pro for a long time.
3: Camera, this is going to be a bit of a a wild question because I've been removed from the OHL for years, but when I played, and you'll be able to answer this, there were quite a few tough guys still in the the O, you know, there was always one or two guys that you had to keep your head up for. With the way Boucher plays, we know that he likes to run around a little bit, he's very physical, kind of a shades of Tom Wilson to a degree, which again, that might be bold in itself. Is he going to have to deal with that a little bit now? And I know it's you're I'm putting you on the spot as a coach in the O to say to suggest that he might have to fight. I'm not saying that, but what am I? What I'm asking is, do you expect that he will have to kind of defend himself now if he's going to bring that game here to, to junior hockey?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think all the leagues, uh, starting with the NHL and the OHL and American League, they, they've done a real good job of getting the useless fighting out of the game. You know, the stage yeah. fighting, if you want to call it. Uh but fighting's still part of the game and you do have to answer, you do have to answer the bell once in a while uh for big hits and stuff like that. And you can debate whether that's right or wrong or whatever, but that's sure. that's the reality of it. Yeah. So uh the the big thing and uh, the big thing uh the players have to adjust in the physicality of it is and it's really it's really hard because that final line, as you know. Uh yeah. you see it in the NHL too, where a player is committed to a hit and all of a sudden the guy stops up and turns his back. And people say, well, you can't hit him there. Well, you can't stop there. You know, mm-hmm. the, the rally yeah, up is you, you've you committed, he's changed his angle. Uh, there's no right, there's no good guy, no bad guy there, but it's it's, it's you're going to get suspended for that. Mm-hmm. So the guys that do that, you know, just have to make sure that any any hit on the numbers isn't a blatant, isn't a hit where the guy has, has his back turned to you for an extended period of time, and you disregard it as the rules and that you go through, or come across blindsided guys like that so uh i think tyler is going to be physical and yes i i do suspect that at at some point he may he may have to answer the bell
3: yeah and and i only ask that because he's coming from the ncaa where there's essentially no fighting right and all of a sudden obviously he's playing against smaller players not quite as mature yet you still have that element now to worry about that's why i was curious just to hear what your thoughts were
1: yeah, but you know what too is I learned over the years too. Like you, you think that the the NCAA and that the, no fighting comes out of there, but I think, I think uh, George Perles played Princeton. Yeah, he did. You he know, did. Uh, there's another guy played Jim Neal uh, played. I think some stuff like that, and those guys could handle themselves. And then uh, uh, what was what was the Scott Scott guy that won the MVP? John Scott. Uh, the, John Scott didn't he oh, play? Oh yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes those guys are sleepers.
0: Good point. <laughs> uh, the other, do you, when you have a high-end player like that in your in your lineup, do you have to deal with general managers from the National Hockey League? Do you have to deal with Pierre Dorian calling you saying, "I want him to play this way," or are they completely hands off when it comes to the letting you just coach your? junior team the way you want to i'm just always curious i don't think i've ever asked a junior coach
1: Mm. well it's my 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 experience is that most most nhl teams and and very very rarely very rarely is it the gm generally it's it's whoever's in player development is usually your contact uh when you have a when you have a player draft to play and stuff like that uh but generally generally uh both both sides see the same player, right? I mean, you, you don't you don't have to watch a guy on nice much to know to know his passing, skating, and shooting and what he and what he does. And so most most guys, uh, most NHL organizations and juniors see the same, same kid and and have the same goals in mind. Uh, and that's a good thing about junior is that it's usually the parent, sometimes the agent mm. uh, that doesn't see the same kid that you see, right? Um, yeah, but no, generally NHL team player development, and my experience anyway has been we both seen the same player, and uh, both both envision him getting to the next level playing a certain style. I uh,
0: got a couple of other questions for you. One is you're good friends of Gerard Gallant. The other day I saw him yelling at the official extensively. I'm just curious if he's ever yelled at you like this. Like I I thought he was going to lose his <laughs> mind. So I'm curious of what you did. You text him and go. What happened to you?
1: No, I haven't talked to Juarez since I was coaching in Calgary and he came in with Vegas and we exchanged text messages and he said, he says, let's just tie one of his win at an overtime. I said, Great. They scored two <laughs> goals in the last minute and beat me in the regulation. So, so I I sent him a note. I said, What happened to that agreement? But getting overtime, and at least somebody gets a point out of it. He just said <laughs> something like crap happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. No, George. Um, Duard, one was really really, really a quiet guy. So when George's upset, uh, genuinely it's good reason.
0: <laughs> he was a little wound. Uh, yeah. Finally, I one of the other questions: New Brunswick Senior Hockey League. You played in, and I meant yeah. to ask you the last time on the show about playing in that league. And so, um, what do you want to take me back to? You playing in Saint John, and I, was it? You also, you know, you played in Charlottetown and Fredericton, I think, right? Did you play for the Alpines?
1: Which where was the Alpines? Yeah, Fredericton. Yeah, played. I went to I went to Fredericton in 1990 to uh, do my master's degree. So I played. I played a half a year there. But then I played. Uh, I played with Charlton. Nineteen ninety one, a uh, team in Sheridan won the Allen Cup. It's pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I had some, but that was back in the time when uh, the eight, well, still the AUAA back there is really good. The college hockey in the Atlantic, Canada, UNB, Acadia, St. Evacs, St. Mary's, UPI. Uh, UPI had a real powerhouse back through then. And actually uh, we had a player played on their team uh, after playing UPI, that went on to playing in the NHL, a guy by the name of Jerry Fleming.
0: <laughs> he was a doorman in Fredericton at a bar.
1: Jerry was huge, six foot <laughs> four. Yeah, massive. he played. Well, he played. He played in Fredericton, uh, the American Hockey League team, yep. and then he played. He played games with Montreal. Coached, coached in Florida, Florida. East Coast League. Yeah,
0: for the Then airlines.
1: was the assistant. Then was the assistant coach with the Edmonton firm team in. Uh, I Bakersfield.
0: Yeah, the, the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Yeah. yeah. And now, yeah. and now Flem is over. I crossed paths with Flem when I was in Austria. He's the assistant coach in Berlin in the DEL. Nice.
0: Wow. Yeah, because he was just yeah. a guy at a bar. Good for him.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, his, his dad, his dad, if I'm, if I'm correct in this, do you remember watching the Montreal Canadians on Saturday night in the old form? And you remember always right at the end of the bench there, there was a policeman? Yes. You, I don't know if you guys would remember that in uniform, like it was on duty.
0: I remember I'm the I'm pretty sure it's... that
1: was... Flem's dad.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Very because good. He, he, he's... Flem grew up in Montreal, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's good to see you. I hope that you guys get back to playing a tournament. I don't know when it is. Hopefully it's in the summer. But I do hope to see you guys uh, trying to get this gold medal and just at least trying to get back to playing hockey. So... Uh, and I hope your junior team gets back. Like, it's just such a mess right now, right, Dave? So yeah, I, I just hope you be, you're state you're safe and you guys get to play again soon. We look forward to it, my and, friend.
1: And I want you to I want to thank you for all the Wally of the thought uh, <laughs> you gave me. Your sweatshirt, your hats. never
3: Did he send? He sent you a package? Did yeah,
1: you? but he <laughs> but he sent but Matt he sent a bill with it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, of course. In, in that voice, doesn't but...
3: surprise me. But, 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 can't see, camera probably would have had more use for like free beer or something instead of some of the t shirts, but we'll work on that for you, okay?
1: Uh, hello, Brad. Listen to your co host. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: it's
0: out of math's paycheck. So if meth wants to give up the free beer, he
3: can. No problem. For camera and all the compliments he yeah. gave me earlier, you can give him a bunch of cases. It's all
0: we cool. will, the there white water know. is on the way. Uh, take care, Dave. Thank I you. appreciate you stopping by. We'll talk soon, okay? Yeah, and good luck.
1: My pleasure, guys. Thanks. See you, Craig. You
0: and speaking of Whitewater beer, I'd like to try something different. How about mix and match? You can make up your own six packs if you want. Uh, you can use Legion Lager, the High Tide, Blood Moon, uh, all that stuff. Farmer's daughter, of course, is our favorite. Uh, and don't forget use the Wally thought coupon code. Get 15% off when you go to shopwhitewater.ca, order across Ontario or get home delivery in Ottawa and the Valley. Whitewater beer, brewed by friends, for friends. And speaking of friends, Jamie McLennan coming up right after the break. And welcome back to the William & Thought Show. And welcome back to Jamie McLennan. And Happy New Year, Noodles. How
4: are you, sir? I'm great. Happy New Year to everyone. I'm excited to, uh, you know, see what 2022 brings. I don't (laughs) Um, know. What, uh, what the date? I know it's January 5th. When do you stop saying Happy New Year? Like, when is it? Is it two weeks in? Is it a month? In? When, when is it?
0: When Doug Ford said everything is being shut down, I figured there's no point saying Happy New Year anymore.
4: All right, that's fair <laughs> enough. I've got that. But I mean, we've got to find a silver lining. And I think we've found it because you guys sent me something. So I'm pretty fired up. about. It. So so here we go. So
0: so you came back on the show. It was on December 9th. You regaled us with stories as usual. Uh, one of them uh, caught the attention of one of our viewers. And so they sent me a gift to send to you. And so I packaged it up and I sent it out to you. Oh, now, boy. those who don't oh, remember, no. uh, back on December 9th, one of the big stories that you told was about um, this puffin in St. John's. And so we'll quickly run the clip. And then we're going to come back yeah. and I'm going to tell you to open up this game.
4: I got sent to the East coast league for the weekend and they would, they wanted me, there was five goalies in the system and they had three at the NHL level because Mark Fitzpatrick had a, had an illness, a rare illness that when he would get sick, he would get sent to the minors so he could recover. And that would bump me to the East coast league. So um, I, I would go down for the weekend. I would play. And what happened is Glenn Healy ended up hurting his finger and, uh, I get called up from the East Coast League to the NHL. I stay there for the night and they finally, because they got to fill a void, they send me to the AHL. And I get out to the Rock. It's, it's Toronto's team. I think it's St. John's. St. John's. St. John's, St. St. John's. Yeah. yeah. St. John's. St. John's Maple Leafs. So um, I get out there and we're playing on a Tuesday and Thursday. So I go and join the team. And Butch Goring's a coach, Billy Smith is the uh, goalie coach. So I get out there and I start the Tuesday game. So I go skating out and I I know Smitty's there and I want to impress. And as I go to scrape my crease, there is like this bird of a mascot. His name was Buddy the Puffin. It's like this weird shaped like bird. And he's like doing this hex and like kind of like skating towards (laughs) me. And I'm like, all right, I'm just trying to like focus for the game. So I'm scraping my crease. And he would come near the crease and I would like push him out of the way. And it was just weird. He was being annoying. So that first period, I like stand on my head. I, I'm like feeling really good. After the first period, I go in the dress room. I come out for the second period and the bird is in the crease, like standing in my crease, like doing a hex. And I get to skate like the whole, t- you know, the second period, you got to skate all the way down. So I skate down. I give him a push. He pushes me back. And I'm like, this is weird. But the, crowd, <laughs> the crowd's kind of getting into it. And I'm scraping my crease. I didn't even think anything about it. So end up having really good period. Third period comes out. He's there again. I push him. He kind of pushes me back. And <laughs> I stand in my head. I, I don't know the score. I think James Duffy ended up looking it up. But like in my head, I think we won like 3-1 or 5-2 or something. And I got like a star. And I, I played... I thought I made like 35 saves and I was like, unbelievable that. night. And I am so proud. I'm like, Hey, I just put a show on in front of my goalie coach. And so I come off, I'm the last guy off. Cause I was a star. And I go into the room and the guy's like, Hey noodles, you know, and I go to, and in my stall is Billy Smith. And he's like, I need to talk to you in the hallway right now. And I was like, all right. You know, and I'm thinking, Oh, he doesn't want to give me all the accolades in front of everyone. He takes me out <laughs> in the hallway and I'm standing there and he's like, don't you ever let that fucking bird stand in your crease again. And I was like, what? Like, I'm not even like, I, I'm not even, I'm like, I just got first star. And he's like, if that fucking bird's there on Thursday, he's like, you take him out. And I'm like, I, what? Like?" And I, honest to God, I'm not lying. Like, it's a Tuesday night. I didn't sleep awake that night. He's like, <laughs> tore a strip off of me. And we practice the next day. And all I keep thinking about is like, what am I going to do with this bird? Like, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and I'm hoping like, okay, maybe I'm not going to start Thursday because, you know, maybe i will start the other guy. So as he's skating around before practice, I, I'm looking out of the corner of my eye and I'm watching Butch Gorin and I'm trying to avoid him because he, <laughs> I'm waiting for him to skate up and go like, oh, I'm going to start the other guy. He skates up to me, he goes, noodles, you're playing tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, And I'm not even thinking about the game. I'm thinking about this stupid bird. So I'm not, I swear to God, next game. So Thursday comes game. I get out there for the first period. Like the the bird is kind of like, you know, hexing me. I kind of, I'm like all locked in. They score like four goals in the first period. And it's, I'm I'm just brutal. Like I, I should get pulled. They should pull me. I swear to God, I think my mind, Billy Smith told Butchie to keep me in to see how I had handled this bird. So after the first period, I come out and the bird is in my crease, giving me the hex. And I was like, fuck this. So I take off 200 feet and I run the bird out of my, like I literally hit him as hard as I could. And this bird goes flying into the corner and the crowd goes crazy. And <laughs> I don't know if there's a 14 year old girl in there. Oh, or there's an 85 year old man. Like I have no <laughs> idea who this bird is when I bury this bird and the crowd is on me. I, I think we lost like seven, one that night and they left me in and the crowd was giving it to me. And I was just rattled the whole night. <laughs> I, I come after the game and Smitty's in my stall with a smile on his face. And I'm like, yeah sorry he takes me out in the hallway he's like that's how you be a man in this league and i'm like oh my god i just gave up a touchdown i literally just gave up a touchdown and he was like not you you let you show them you show them how you can be and i was like unbelievable like that i'll never forget that but like to this day people from saint john still send me notes going like this buddy the puffin, is like their mascot out there like it's you know that's the guy
0: um Okay, Noodles, you can now open up your gift. Okay. I was concerned. If friend, it was a- Matt Cross sent this. And so, um, from The Rock.
4: All right, Matt. Oh, wow. All right, what do we got? What do we got? It uh-huh. is a t-shirt. Oh, that's i'm just
0: trying to suck up to you but that was that was (laughs) underwhelming (laughs) wait that's not it i just needed to pack it in there okay
4: all right okay okay. well i'm going to be wearing that and here it is oh my lord here it is i swear to god i love it i love it (laughs) it's
0: buddy the puffin
4: i this is unbelievable but the best part about this is i don't know what's in there it could be Remember when I told them the story? It could have been a 14 year old girl. It could have been a 97 year old man in the puffin suit. I'm happy. This is just a statue. It's going to go. I've got a little statue situation going on over here. That's a bobblehead. That's me. It's a really creepy 3D like thing of me. And this is from, we talked about this. This is from the major league guy, Corbin Burnson. Is that his name?
0: Yeah, that's outstanding. Huh.
4: I'm gonna put that right there, but he is gonna go right here, <laughs> buddy the puffin. That is uh, amazing, and I'm gonna bring it up. This is awesome, and it's funny. I every time I bring that story up, if I tell it, like I get notes from out there. People like it's still going on. The puffin's still there. The puffin's acting up, and like apparently, <laughs> you know, the the be- like once in a while, like maybe once a month, somebody will send me a note from out there going out yeah, of the you know knew yes, your sure. body was at it again or whatever so I, I i really think it's awesome i you know what that story i i obviously i told it it's a pretty funny story but yeah. i just think it's it's such a, a neat thing it's legendary and it's going to stay right there yeah, that is it. amazing That's
0: so good That's so good so thank and, you to matt cross and, for sending it to us
4: and yeah. the t-shirt I, I told you guys i already got the pigeon t- t-shirt is that yeah. what it's called the pigeon yeah yeah that that one Absolute pigeon. <laughs> I do have one more story
0: before you go. I got to ask you about, and it's got to do with a bird, which is why I'm bringing it up. So, there's okay. something to do with Al Arbor and a bird. Do you want to share that yes. story
4: with us? Okay. And, and it's actually a great story. It's my first ever pro start, it's an exhibition. So, um, I had a really good training camp and I, I kind of won like rookie of the training camp. So, I got, I, I'll never forget this, I got $75 extra meal money from the Islanders. It was like, (laughs) I got an envelope with $75. I won top rookie in training camp. And as a prize, they're like, you know, the goalie coach goes, you're, you're playing tomorrow night against Boston in Albany, New York. And, and and so I'm pretty excited. Uh, I've kind of got, you know, it's my first kind of NHL start and I'm looking at the roster before the game and it's like Ray Bork, Glenn Wesley, like they, Boston actually brought some players, right? So, and I'm just terrified. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if I slept or anything. There was anxiety. And I get in the game, and I, I swear, two things that stand out for me. The first shot on goal, Boston won the draw cleanly back to Ray Bork. And I don't know if you guys knew this. Like, Ray Bork shot the puck from everywhere. Like, that guy yep. used to get 12, 12 shots on goal a game. Like, it just – so, they went to him. He takes a slap shot from inside his zone all the way down on me. And I remember thinking like, here's my career. If I make this save, I I might have a chance to play in this league. If I let it in, I might as well just (laughs) skate right off. So I catch it, I put it down. I'm like, oh man, I'm an NHL goalie, you know, it's fine. Uh, Honest to God, I was out to lunch that, that, that period. Like, they scored three goals in like the first five minutes. It was just all hell was breaking loose. Like it was tic-tac-toe back door. Everything's happening so quickly. So Al Arbor calls a timeout. And I think he's just like, man, this kid is just getting his ass handed to him. I need to slow things down. So I stayed over to the bench and, and Al's just kind of sitting there and he leans over and he goes, Hey kid, come here. And he goes, Do you think, and I swear to God, he's looking at me and I I know I I might have tears in my eyes. I have no idea, but he's looking at me and he goes, let me ask you this. Do you think if I put the net down and put a bird in there, the bird could stay? (laughs) And I was like, what? And he's like, if I put the net down and put a bird in there, could the bird, would the bird be trapped in the netting? And right away, the, the ref blows the whistle. It's like, okay, let's go, you know. And I'm skating back and I'm looking at him and he's like, well, answer me, answer me. And I'm, I'm like, I have no idea what the hell this guy's talking about. And I, I go in the net and I end up, you know, making some saves and settling into the game. We end up coming back. We end up tying the game five, five. And he comes to me after the game and he's like, so like nothing else. He, he comes up and he goes, you got my answer. You got my answer. Like what, it, you know, could that bird escape the net? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. He goes, neither do I. But he goes, I needed to say something to get you off your like to get you back into the game. Like he basically he could see that I was overthinking the game. And he was like, I I needed to jar you somehow to get you off of overthinking the game. So he's like, I just threw it out there. It was it was unbelievable. Because I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And he's like, yelling at me from the bench you got my answer you got my answer and I'm like I have no idea what to say or what and it ended up that I kind of settled into the game and and you know like I say I wouldn't say I I went on to an amazing career I went on to a long career but it was you know it was kind of a a test of like I think he knew just a grizzled veteran coach is like this kid is shell-shocked he's rattled I need to press a button or I'm going to lose him for that game so it was it was kind of a neat thing but it was like a a random story that I'll never forget because it was it was so unique of a story.
3: That's awesome. And and Noodles, just to add to that, uh, my only memory, Ray Bork was my favorite player growing up. My only memory of him when I watched him live, I think it was like one game against the Sens way back, it was when they were in trouble and scrambling in their own zone. Boston was hemmed in. He got the puck and huge windup from like bottom of their own circle. Perfectly placed. <laughs> consistently I don't know five feet yeah. off the ice all the way down hits the goalies blocker play just continues yeah. to get their changed. like I I thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing like to have that confidence you know
4: it, it, it that's the one thing that always stood out for me when I played against Ray Bork is he hit the net like he yes. always hit the net and yeah. I remember playing in in Boston one night in that little shoebox of, of an arena that was yellow ice and the fans were on top. It was just gritty, the old <laughs> garden. And the defenseman on a five on three was Bork and Ally Afrady. And they oh, were just like that, I Afrady. <laughs> Scullet or no scullit, that guy had hundred and ten million, like a 110 mile an hour slap shot. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah, very, very intimidating. But yeah, like just watching Bork throughout his career like even seeing him like he like to me that's what a man looked like on the ice he was a big strong and yeah. grizzled and hit the net and everything about him was unbelievable yeah. so very intimidating and i'm lucky i made the save on that one i didn't stop anybody else i remember glenn <laughs> westland score a red rotten goal that night <laughs> but it happens oh well nice. <laughs> very nice
0: uh noodles yeah. we appreciate it um we're going to uh, let you go, but uh, we will keep you in the loop to have any more animal stories that you may have to share with us uh, further on in your career.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Next time you guys have me on, I'll tease this. You have to ask me about Jimmy Roberts' stories. Do You guys okay. remember the legendary coach, yeah. Jimmy Roberts? <laughs> yeah, so sure. J- Jimmy Roberts was this grizzled, like old, and he, he ended up being our defensive coach in St. Louis, but he was a head coach in the minors for years. And he never, like, he never wore hockey gloves. He wore gloves with tape on the fingers, like just old gloves. And he wore a hat with a pom-pom and he never used a stick as a coach. He would just skate around with his hands behind his back and like just be talking and whistling on the ice. I have a million Jimmy Roberts stories and they are the best because he's, uh, he's honestly one of my favorite coaches of all time. I love him. He, He passed away. I wouldn't say sometime somewhat recently, but um, I love that man. And honestly, Noted. there's so many amazing stories on him.
0: Awesome. Uh, thanks, Noodles. Uh, we're gonna wish you Happy New Year one more time, and then we'll never say it again. So we'll talk to you All soon.
4: All right. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: And welcome back to the show. All right, Craig joins us now. And Craig, as always, uh, good to see you. I. I know that you appreciate the gifts that we always send out to everybody. And of course, uh, seeing noodles with the buddy, the puffin, uh, maybe our favorite thing that we may have done on the show.
2: Yeah. What I love is that you spent your time mailing stuff to people. It's <laughs> like everybody, everybody, every guest on the show today, got a package from Brett. So I think you, I think you missed the memo when we said ma- mail it in that, that wasn't what we meant. <laughs> ah,
0: <Yeah. laughs> I, I will tell you, uh, the budget we have for shipping with Canada Post is huge, by the way. It's yeah.
2: I was going to, that's so funny. Anyways, I think it's great that you're out there sending all your packages off and mailing everything out. And so, mail mail time with Brent, or we got to come up with something for that. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Well, but, at the yeah, beginning anyways, of the show, that,
0: we, uh, mm-hmm. we gave away bobbleheads. And so I went and mailed, and I was like, well, what's it going to cost? It's a free bobblehead. It was like $22. And I was like, yeah, it's not cheap? T- it costs more. It's expensive to mail it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that's nah, pretty expensive. I'm figuring but yeah, out. boys. Great job. Great
2: job today with both those guys. Dave, I mean, I love Dave. I love that. He shouted me out at the very end there. Cause he doesn't really, like we were talking about that at the end. He doesn't, he just thinks the whole call is the interview sometimes. Right. So yeah. the call ended and he said bye. To, anyway. So he left it in. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, meth, I wanted to ask you one more thing before we get out of here. There's been some, some chatter online here about the Olympic team. I'm seeing some tweets. Uh, oh. You, where are we at here? Are you going? Are you going or not going? Where, Wait, where can are we I interrupt for one sec? Well,
0: Hold on. Absolutely. I will yep. say Monday is going to be partially your Olympic comeback show, Ooh. so don't give okay. away too much just yet. Okay. Okay, I'll give you guys enough. a teaser then.
3: Yeah. I'll give you a teaser. Um, I skated the other day with a bunch of kids uh, at the uh, ODR in Manitic, <laughs> and um, felt really good. So, we'll like see. really good means no. what? Well, uh, defensively, because I hadn't really handled a puck in, in some time, but yeah. like my movement was surprisingly really good. Now, I did a really hard leg workout yesterday in the morning, and then I took my stunt out skating afterwards, and I could feel it was a little, was a little sore. Okay. So, okay. so I don't have the same bounce back that I had in my 20s, but it, you know, this is sort of like a group of expendables, right, that, are, that may be going over there to the Olympics, you know, with all due respect to some of the good players. So
0: yeah. we'll see. You only got to play like nine games. I don't even know if it's that many. Like you don't have to play a lot here. What's What's the name of that movie? The uh, the football movie
3: with Keanu Reeves. He's a quarterback. Oh, the replacements. The replacements, the, re-
2: the replacements. Yes.
3: The replacements. Yeah. yeah. So that's sort of the vibe I'm
0: going for here.
2: I like it.
3: We're going to work right. on
0: that on Monday. I will say like you posted that picture of you skating outdoors. And like the next two days on Instagram was shots of you with the massage gun on your quads.
3: oh no that massage gun is completely unrelated we were at costco and as i'm walking in they were on the left you know when you walk into costco and they have random crap on the left side yeah Yeah. you know and i saw they had those theraguns well it wasn't a theragun it was a sharper image product but um it was like 99 bucks and i'm like wow because usually they're a couple hundred so i grabbed it put it in the cart that was it completely unrelated to the knee pain that i was feeling due to skating okay just so you're an
0: impulse shopper is what you're saying no,
3: I'm not. I'm actually very effing cheap, but <laughs> when it comes to my body, my, yeah. so I don't cheap out on food or recovery stuff for my body, you know? So those are things that will but when it comes to my wife and her pillow spending or anything around the home, that's aesthetic, I'm totally against any of that. <laughs> I my kids
0: got one of those massage guns. They're fantastic. They're great. Yeah.
3: They're great. Anyway, no, not
0: for me. I don't yeah. need it, but for him, it's really good. Um, I Craig, have you ever used one of those? No, have you I ever haven't. used
2: the massage guns? Oh, no, I have. not <laughs> oh. I, I sent you a message the other day too, because I was battling some tendonitis. I know. So yeah. I was like, well, anyways, okay, all right. Yeah, more, but you were more... saying
3: you were saying the tendonitis,
2: you were feeling that after your booster, right? Yeah, but here I don't know what, I don't know why. I still haven't figured it out. It's fine now, though. But I, I picked well, up if you a, want, a, a if you want to
3: throw on the tinfoil, I'm yeah. ready
2: to go. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, I think oh, it oh, might have just been like I think I'm my kidding, arm. No, no, no. I, I think my arm just might have been fatigued from it. You know how it almost feels like it's flexed the entire time after. Yeah. You get and your you're music? and you're and you're kind of soft. So that's yeah. normal for you.
3: you know? it's so like the
2: good. most. It's so sad because I hear you guys like <laughs> you're like out there battling and lifting weights and stuff. I was like, I'm pretty sure mine's from using a computer mouse <laughs> Craig, too much. So <laughs> Craig's got a. Craig's got a fucking ice pack on his arm from, from a yeah. shot. Yeah, <laughs> I, my, my arm Holmes. can't take it. It's so yeah. weak from just like years of using a mouse and clicking and stuff like that. My arm's falling apart. I've got
3: carpal tunnel.
2: Yeah, it's embarrassing. So yeah, okay. or maybe I need maybe I need one of those guns too then. To, okay, to blast out the. Well, maybe news.
3: Wally Wally can send you one through mail it to me. Yeah, exactly. It. Ship
2: it
0: on over. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ah, so it's good. All right, boys. Uh, Monday is the Olympic announcement on the show, so <laughs> don't go anywhere. We. We will see you then. Uh, thanks for watching uh, the William and Thought Show. Have a great weekend, everybody.